Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of my sauntering podcast. I'm Paul White And today I just want to think a little bit about the subject of being brave, being courageous, being bold, fearless, all of these ideas and what they might mean to us as a regular person, as a disciple of Jesus and so on. So many of you will know I've just returned from a trip to Ukraine, which is a very dangerous country at the moment depending on where you are and they're obviously in a huge crisis as a nation and it's an awful situation um, to be invaded by another country and to literally have to leave your home your whole life behind you and to see the the queues of people lining up at the border uh, into trying to come into Romania was particularly difficult seeing young women um, kissing their husbands and partners goodbye and holding on to the little children, the guys holding the children in their arms, kissing them and wondering if they'll ever see them again. This is a very, very difficult situation. It was hard to see that and to watch that and to think, wow, how would I even cope in that situation? So for me, as someone from outside going in, it was relatively easy because there was always that knowledge that I would be able to leave and go home and I have a house and a family and so on waiting for me. Um, But it did, what was interesting was as I posted um, updates of what we were doing, we were helping to build um, a refugee camp in a city about an hour's drive into the country. And my job was to help erect these two huge tents, which were to become the kind of basis of a place of refuge for people who couldn't escape into the um into the European countries like Poland and Romania and so on and then further on into Spain and Italy perhaps because they didn't have money or didn't have connections and so this was to be a place where Ukrainians can stay and hopefully this is and this is beginning to work now and beginning to operate from that city it's a huge privilege to be there um but some of the things that people said to me as I put posts up on Facebook and this kind of thing, just keeping people up to speed with what we were doing, was, oh, you're really brave and all this kind of thing. And I thought, well, actually, I don't feel very brave. I just feel like I'm doing a job. I've gone in to actually just help out and do something I can do. And it was really cool that my particular skills were actually useful and made a significant difference because I think there's something I hate, and that's just being 
like a spare part hanging around looking for something to do. So there's this idea of being brave and I, it just really made me think what actually is bravery? What is that? Because we admire it, don't we? It's a quality that we admire in people and we make movies about it. We write books about brave people. And I just felt like the the idea of bravery to me seems to be quite situational and quite specific to a particular time and set of circumstances where we are at danger but we see the danger we see the risk and we take decisive action that may be putting our own safety at risk and we we kind of take that courageous step to to often for this for the sake of other people and so we think of maybe someone whose job requires bravery from time to time like a firefighter who has to enter a burning building to rescue people or to stop the fire spreading to somewhere else and causing even more damage the um, people fighting wildfires to protect whole communities from destruction and so on we think of soldiers fighting for their country and often that's that is part of their job but we we admire and we respect that bravery with which they take on these challenges and put their own personal safety in a secondary place to actually getting this job done or rescuing this person and so I think bravery is very often situational and I think often it's something that takes over and we no longer worry about our own safety because the mission at hand is the main thing and so yeah bravery is awesome it's a wonderful thing when we see it happening and when we see the good results of it and so it's not that fear is absent but it's just that we've overcome the fear with the sense of a higher purpose and and the immediacy of the situation stops us faffing about and agonizing over the decision and often the impulse to be brave is even quicker than thought. And so someone might see someone in a cold river in distress, drowning, and without thinking, they've whipped off their clothes and they've jumped in and begun to swim to rescue the person. And the bravery is an impulse that has kind of come literally in that moment. And they've taken this incredible course of action. So then I was thinking about... <laughs> being courageous and courage courage is a really interesting word and it comes from the latin cur or french word cur which is heart and it's all to do with having that heart that moves us into a, a situation where there is a risk we're fully aware of the risk but we're going to take that decision fully conscious intentionally we're going to make that kind of courageous move. Now, I think being courageous is much more related to our character. And I believe as well that it's much more related to the kind of decisions that we make day by day by day. Now, it may well feed into being brave in a particular situation. And it may be that kind of character that underpins bravery but I think being courageous is actually a way of life that we choose day by day. And so we we think about courageous leadership, don't we? <clears throat> Where we have to make 
courageous decisions where we have to, somebody has to resolve this situation. Somebody's going to have to put their reputation, their their career maybe on the line to to take, to bring resolve to this situation. And so being courageous <clears throat> may be risky on a number of levels. It may be risky financially. It may be risky in terms of our popularity, in terms of our reputation, or maybe even our career, um, or even our physical safety. And so there are times when courage is, is a, we, we're fully aware that there are risks and there are dangers involved, but we, we, the, the bigger purpose overrides that. And so rather than being an impulsive decision or a in the, on the spur of the moment kind of decision, I think um, often courage is displayed day after day in small decisions and sometimes big decisions that we make. And we may have to make that as a parent, as a leader, as a manager or a director of a business or something like that, or even a politician if you're in politics. Courageous leadership is a beautiful thing, but it's not always popular because people won't always agree with the courageous decision that you have made. People close to you will understand the personal cost, but sometimes commentators and people watching and critics and so on fail to understand the significance or the, the heart behind it. But I, I believe that courage is a daily decision. And as we train ourselves, just like an athlete trains themselves um, and they build up strength and they build up stamina and um, that kind of ability to, to achieve that strength for their, for their um, sport, I believe decision-making and courage are a daily challenge for us. And if we will take that difficult decision day by day, if we'll take the unpopular route sometimes, rather than going for the line of least resistance, we develop that character, which can be characterised by the word courageous. And it's a beautiful thing. We'll come on to that. I'm going to try and sum the whole thing up from the perspective of a disciple of Jesus in a moment. Then we have boldness. And being bold is where we act or speak decisively and without ambiguity so there's no double meaning we're not trying to wrap everything up in such accommodating language that no one's offended but we're able to bring our message with clarity and we have things we talk about bold type don't we in in the um on the computer or in typesetting, we have bold type. And the point of bold type is to draw attention to itself, to make it stand out from the normal typeface with extra clarity and boldness. In, and being bold is all about bringing clarity and a straightforward message that is easy to understand, that stands out from all the other messages. And in this day and age that we're in, there are so many messages being bombarded at us. And our politicians speak with such a kind of, you, get, you hear it all the time, don't you? On news programmes, you hear someone, the interviewer will ask a very clear question. Is this the case? Or do you believe this? Or would you do that? 
and the answer just goes on and on and on. And it's unclear, it's ambiguous, it's fluffy and vague. And what they've done is they've skirted round the whole subject. They've kind of hinted at maybe what they think, but they've not been definite and bold. And there's something about boldness which is absolutely great. It's wonderful, it's clear, everyone understands. But it does, it does produce enemies because when we're bold and we're clear on what we stand for, there will always be somebody else who disagrees with us. And so boldness, again, really, really good. It's that whole idea of let your yes be yes, your no be no. It's a clear message, clear instructions, sticking to a decision, not changing our minds halfway through, not being swayed by every possible opinion, but actually saying, no, this is what I believe. This is where I stand. So help me God type of thing. And then the the fourth characteristic I want to just pick up on is that one of fearlessness. And I think fearlessness is more, is again, it's like boldness on, sorry, it's like um, bravery, but on steroids, where in that moment of crisis, in that situation of uh, high drama, high intensity, we take a course of action where we know there are risks, but we don't even think about them. The risks are not even taken into account because the thing that we have to do is of utmost importance. It's even more important than our own safety, our own lives even. And so there's that fearless response. And sometimes people do that in the course of battle and they win medals for valour and all this other kind of stuff. But there's also the mother bear kind of instinct where she sees her cubs in danger and she's driven by this protective instinct that has completely short-circuited or worry about whether she's going to be safe or not. And she's going to rescue her cubs. And so the, the fearless person is driven by passion, love, protectiveness, <clears throat> which has become irresistible. And it's become a force to overcome all obstacles. And I think often in those situations, we hear of people acting with kind of like supernatural strength. It's like they've got this, whoa, superpower suddenly uh, that makes them fearless and powerful. And they overcome ridiculous obstacles. And they may may try and do the same thing in without all the adrenaline and without the intensity of the moment and all the other emotions and stuff that are kicking in and be completely unable to do it. And so, so fearlessness is, a, is very situational usually, although then you do get adrenaline junkies who seem to live for the rush of jumping off a cliff, falling out of an aeroplane, flying in a squirrel suit or whatever, <laughs> and you kind of think, man, that's on another level. We're not talking about recreational bravery or recreational fearlessness. I'm talking about that kind of quality that is that comes in those exceptional circumstances of life. So this, what's all this got to do with me as a disciple? Well, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. 
And the word he uses for witness is in Greek is martus, which means, which is witness. It's like someone giving evidence in court. That's the idea behind it. But martus has become morphed into a word that we have now in common usage, which is martyr. And so he's saying you will be, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So this is like an energizing supernatural infusion of the strength and power of God to be a witness to give evidence about Jesus now he says to his disciples right up front he says do you know what guys this is going to get you in trouble if you want to follow me it's going to get you into trouble actually there will be people who will arrest you and hand you over to rulers and try and get you out of the picture and they'll think that they're doing God a service by getting rid of you or persecuting you. He said there's going to be times when you have to stand before rulers to give account of me in Matthew chapter 10. He says they'll hand you over. But then he goes on to say don't be afraid. He's actually saying in that moment when (laughs) your whole life is like hanging by a thread in the hands of some powerful governor or authority who has the power of life and death, he says, don't be afraid of them because all they can do is kill your body. They can't affect your eternal destiny or your eternal destination. He says, don't, they can't send you to hell. He says, actually, be strong and be brave in that moment and actually don't be afraid. He says, be fearless in that moment. You don't have to worry about the consequence because what you need to say will be given to you And actually, you've got something much better to look forward to than just a long life. And so sometimes we think preserving our physical life is the most important thing. And don't get me wrong, the survival instinct is incredibly strong in each of us. And I don't think many of us really want to play fast and loose with our physical life. But Jesus is saying, if that situation comes about... Don't worry about it. Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid because actually there's something much better waiting for you. And then he talks in the book of Revelation where Jesus is given this incredible revelation of himself to the Apostle John. And he says that there are these witnesses, these people who had been faithful to him through all these incredibly difficult moments. And it says they overcame the beast, the evil one, by the word of their test, by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and because they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So they were, number one, they were saved by Jesus. They were redeemed by his blood. But secondly, they had this powerful thing driving them forward, which was the word of their testimony, their their martus, their, their witness, if you like, the evidence they were given of God's goodness and of his salvation, his power in their lives. So they were not going to they were not going to bottle out of sharing that testimony. That was what they were living for and living by this powerful testimony. I've seen God move. I've seen him do these things. I've known his love. I've known his kindness in my life. Why would I deny him now? That kind of thing. And then they didn't love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So the idea of death 
is actually for the Christian is like we're just going through a door into another room. We are not our physical body may be dead, our life our physical life may be taken away from us, but the life that we actually live goes on forever because we are now in Christ and we have eternal life in him. And so even though we physically die, the hope of every Christian is that when this life is over, we step into another room. We step into another form of uh, kind of life, if you like, where the physical body is no longer with us. But we're with Jesus and we're with all the angels and his in his glory and his presence forevermore. And we're reunited with all the people that we've loved who've walked with him, who've already gone on ahead of us. And so he's saying, listen, these these witnesses, these martus, these martyrs, they overcame the devil. They actually overcame him. He's not as powerful as all that. We can overcome him. If we are bold, courageous, brave, fearless <clears throat> martyrs and living for him. And so now let me just back this right up. Jesus didn't say there are a special breed of disciple who will be witnesses, who will be martyrs. But actually he said, I'm calling you guys to be my witnesses. The whole lot of you. And you and me as disciples of Jesus, he's not called us to an easy life, to a softy, softy, cosy, cosy <laughs> club of self-congratulating people who think, yeah, we believe the truth. Yeah, we're going to be with God forever. But actually, he's called us to be actively witnesses, martyrs on the earth who live with bravery making courageous decisions every day, boldly speaking out for him, boldly hanging on to our testimony, our clear voice. Why do you have hope? I have hope in the faithfulness of God. I have hope that Jesus has saved me by his death on the cross and his resurrection. We're bringing a clear message and we can genuinely be in a situation of immense personal danger and immense personal risk but be fearless because we know that actually the worst they can do to me is take my life away <laughs> it is so if that's the best you've got great all you're doing is bringing me face to face with Jesus that much closer which is what I live for anyway now we've got these incredible verses of scripture in Acts chapter 2, we see how Peter is just this ordinary fisherman. And yet in that moment where the Holy Spirit comes on him, he's filled with such power and such boldness. He's not afraid of anybody. He stands up in front of this massive crowd and preaches this storming message. And 3,000 people believe and get baptised in one go. We look at Stephen who was the first actual martyr of the Christian faith. And he preaches to this crowd who are baying for his blood. They literally want to kill him. A lynch mob have got him. And he stands up in front of them and he preaches this incredible message. 
And in that moment, his face shines like an angel and he sees heaven opened and sees the glory of God and Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And he's just bringing this incredible message. He's totally fearless in that moment. He's absolutely bold. His message is clear. He's being brave. But day after day, Stephen had been courageous. He'd been boldly, clearly speaking out this message everywhere he went anyway so this was just like an extension of how he had always been and I think the important thing is for us to understand if we want to do well in a crisis if we want to be bold courageous brave in a crisis we need to be bold and courageous in our normal lives we need to be bringing a clear unambiguous message of God's goodness, even in the middle of normal life, wherever we live, even in the middle of normal, settled down, comfortable British life, that message needs to be clear in our mouths. And then Hebrews chapter 12, we have this wonderful, wonderful picture of Jesus, who is our role model, our champion, our, oh my, he's our hero, isn't he? And we read of him, it says, for the joy that was set before him, he, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising its shame. He didn't even think about it. It was dismissive. He knew he was dismissive of it, although it was his most extreme moment on earth, surely. As he's hanging there, paying the price for the sin of the whole world. What is it that's keeping him there? It's the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? It was the joy of you and I being saved. It was the joy of opening the door to heaven to anyone who will put their trust in him. And so you, me, wherever we are, whether we're living in the middle of a war zone or whether we're living in the relative comfort of Western democracy, blah, 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 or whether we're living in some impoverished nation on the face of the earth, the same thing is required of us, that our message is bold and clear, that we're speaking and acting decisively without ambiguity, that we're presenting clearly the message of Jesus, that we're making those courageous decisions day by day in our work, in our family, in our leadership roles, whatever they are. We're being brave when the situation requires it. And we can put our fear on one side and say, do you know what? Actually, the worst they can do to me is take my life. And then I'm with Jesus anyway. So actually, I've won everything. I've got the prize that I actually joined the race for. So I'm going to pray And ask God to help us today that we will be brave and courageous and all of those things. So, Heavenly Father, you've called us to be disciples of your Son, Jesus. And I pray that even as people are here now listening to this podcast, that your Spirit will download into each of us that courage, day-by-day kind of courage. The bravery in the heat of the moment, the fearlessness in the time of crisis, to act without worrying about our own safety. But Lord, give us that bold clarity, that clear message that shines out 
day by day by day so that anyone looking at my life can see the message of Jesus in bold type, clear and understandable for until the day I die. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have an amazing day and God bless you. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him but more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.